Hey, and welcome back to the Ashcraft Minecraft podcast. I'm your host, Asher, and today we'll be reading Chapter 22 of Minecraft Dungeons Rise of the Arch Illager by Mav Forbeck. So let's dive right in. Chapter 22 After the business with Thord was over, Archie returned to the cavern to see about executing his latest idea. To his delight, he discovered that the illagers he'd left there had kept busy in his absence. They'd amassed a tremendous amount of diamond and redstone, even more than he actually needed. Originally, Archie had thought to use the diamond to create more molds for redstone golems so that he could make many of them at once. While that had been a fine notion, he realized now that he'd been thinking too small. Using the orb, Archie took the pile of diamond and arranged it into a massive mold near another section of lava. If the mold for the redstone golem was, had been large, this one was gigantic. While Archie had modeled the redstone golems on the iron golems he found in the village, he took some liberties with his new design. He wanted it not only larger, but stronger, meaner, and uglier than ever. He wanted the very sight of it to be able to strike terror into the heart of anyone who witnessed it. When he was done, he realized he had drawn a crowd of illagers who were curious about what he was up to. He immediately put them to work, filling the mold with redstone while he watched. It took them a long while, but Archie discovered he needed the rest. It turned out he didn't mind watching villagers work for him. As he relaxed, he dreamed about forcing the villagers, especially the ones who had chased him off with torches and pitchforks, to handle such chores instead. Once it was all ready, Archie used the orb to cut a channel into the ground and guide the lava from the lake to the edge of the new mold. The heat from the lava lake melted the redstone into one large glowing pool that filled the entirety of the massive mold he'd built from top to bottom. It took forever to cool, but when it was ready, Archie held the orb high once again and willed it to bring his new creation to some semblance of life. The mold had been so large and complicated that Archie wondered if he'd ever be able to build something like it again, but only hope that all of his efforts would pay off. As he waited, something inside the mold shuddered, and a crack appeared in its diamond shell. A moment later, the shell began to crack. It calved away from its center, one large chunk at a time, each diamond piece shattering as it smashed into the ground. Soon, Archie's latest and most incredible creation towered before him. A redstone creature that dwarfed even the two golems at Archie's side. The other illagers trembled before it in blood-freezing fear. And Archie couldn't help but throw his head back and laugh. Archie dubbed it the redstone monstrosity. One look at it was all anyone would need to see why. The monstrosity stood half again as tall as Gollum, and half again as wide. That would have been enough for it to strike terror into anything facing it. But the vicious horns that topped its skull 
transformed its already horrifying visage into something far worse. Nothing Archie had ever seen could hope to stand before it. It was perfect. Without delay, Archie headed back toward home. This time, he had the redstone monstrosity carry him atop its massive head. He was exhausted enough to want to sleep the entire way, but too excited to close his eyes for an instant. When he reached High Block Keep, the undead mob stood milling about at the front gate, but the drawbridge had been pulled up, keeping them from moving inside. The sea of creatures parted for him as he had the monstrosity lower him to the ground. He strode through them. When the golems and the monstrosity trundling in his wake, when he reached the drawbridge, he raised his staff, and the chains that held up the giant slat of wood rolled out, lowering the bridge into place. The undead wanted to surge forward into the keep, but Archie turned around and raised his staff before him, holding them at bay. They recoiled to a safe distance and watched, the husks groaning with hunger, as Archie strolled into the keep. He brought the golems with him, but left the monstrosity behind to stand guard at the end of the drawbridge. It was less that he didn't trust the undead to stay out of the keep than he wasn't sure the bridge could hold the massive monstrosity's weight. Walda met him at the other side of the bridge. She was so busy gaping at the redstone monstrosity that he had to snap his fingers to get her attention. What happened? Archie demanded. Why was the drawbridge up? Walda winced as she answered. You were gone for so long the undead became restless. They started to attack some of our people. Archie nodded, understanding. And you thought it would be better to separate them rather than fall into an all-out battle with our supposed allies. Mulda tensed, thinking that Archie might be trying to lead her into a verbal trap here. She hesitated for a moment before she owned up to what she'd done with a stiff nod. Smart move, he said. This, I, this is why I have decided to not execute you yet. Walder relaxed with his first words, and then went straight back into a panic as he ended his sentence. Yet? But why would you want to do that? Archie fixed her with a withering glare. You knew where Thord went, and you knew what he was doing. And why? And you never breathed a word of that to me. Walda opened her mouth to respond, but Archie cut her off. You thought he might kill me, and you hoped that if he failed, you could just deny everything. Well, he did, but you can't. He raised his staff before her and let the glow of the orb of dominance wash over her. I know it all. She flinched in fear and threw her hands up before herself to protect herself from his fury. Archie had rarely had the pleasure of having someone grovel before him, but he discovered that he enjoyed it. This is as it should be. Archie wasn't entirely sure he agreed, but it was hard to argue with the orb's results. People who were afraid of him seemed much less likely to betray him. Thord hadn't feared him in the slightest, much as he clearly should have and that was what had made him so brazen about his treachery. Archie had known the Illiters respected his power, the power the orb granted him, 
but that had ramped up when he'd returned to Highball Keep after everyone had presumed him dead. The fact that he had gone to the wilderness and taken the care of Thord, and returned with the redstone monstrosity in tow, certainly would burnish his reputation even further. The way Walda cowered before him, he knew no one would dare to betray him now. You... You don't understand, Walda finally said, when she, re- when she realized that Archie wasn't going to turn her to ash on the spot. Your people adore you. We know that you, and only you, are the one who can bring us to all the greatness that we've so long deserved. Archie didn't bother to hide his disbelief. The other illagers would never love him, but he would be satisfied if they feared him at least. He wondered if he should reconsider sparing Walda, a very public execution of her on the front steps of High Block Keep would do a lot to let everyone else know exactly who was in charge around there. You are supreme. Archie smiled at that, and Walda mistakenly took that as him granting her permission to speak. To that end, we've, uh, been planning a celebration for you. A ceremony. The desperate words tumbled from her lips in spontaneous bursts. That caught Archie's attention. A what? She straightened up, hope flickering in her eyes. A ceremony to officially crown you as the greatest illager leader to ever live. Archie blinked. He knew she was appealing to his vanity. He wasn't foolish enough to ignore that, but the idea that the others might recognize him as a greater leader stunned him. He had to admit, she had a point about how amazing he was. Mostly because the bar for great illager leader had been set staggeringly low. To be fair, Walda was the only illager leader Archie had ever met. He'd heard of others too. Walda was reported to be the best of the lot. But Walda's wildest ambitions had only involved keeping her people together and fed. They'd not tried to bring others into their fold. They'd not attempted to take any territory. At best, they'd only harassed any village they came across. At worst, they'd spent days, if not weeks, fleeing from heroes who decided to try to rid the land of them. She'd never considered trying to conquer the entire land. But Archie, who'd only come into his true power a short time ago, already has had his people on the precipice of actually managing just that. He could see why his people would want to lionize him. He had no doubt they'd be singing his praises for generations, long after those who knew him in life had passed away. He would be a subject of myth and legend. Why not enjoy a bit of that intention in the here and now? A crown, you say? Walda brightened. Yes, to go along with your title. The perfect thing to symbolize the heights to which you have climbed. A tall crown, fashioned from gold and adorned with precious jewels. Archie pursed his lips, confused about this. 
None of the illagers had skills necessary to craft such a phenomenal piece of regal headwear. Where did you find such a thing? It comes from the keep's vault. I fashioned it for you myself. Walda froze, unsure of how to reveal the answer to Archie. When she saw the angry look on his face, though, she instantly confessed. While you were gone, we thought you were dead. We took the opportunity to explore every bit of High Block Keep. In the dungeons, we discovered a vault filled with the most amazing riches. It lies behind the room in which sits the throne. Archie realized that he should have been mad about the fact that Walda had explored the depths of High Block Keep while he was gone. He didn't recall making that room himself, but the construction of the place had been a blur. Still, he was too intrigued by the appearance of a proper, glorious crown to be worried about it at the moment. How had the orb come up with a crown for him? And a vault filled with treasure to go with it? I peered into your heart and saw how to best fulfill your deepest desires. The idea that the orb could read into even his subconscious thoughts disturbed Archie, but not so much that he was going to fail to enjoy the results. He wondered what else the mysterious thing had seen and what it might do with that information. We were going to show it to you when you returned from the dead, but you took off so quickly to deal with Thord that we never had the chance. Walda tried to explain. Archie wasn't at all sure that he bought it, but he motioned for her to go on. While you were gone, we took the opportunity to plan your, uh, coronation. Now that you're back, we can get it started right away. When? Walda looked at him. Walda looked at him, unsure of what he meant and afraid to express that to him. When will the coronation take place? He clarified. Oh, she said. Tonight. If that works for you. If you need to rest, we certainly understand and can postpone to another date. Whenever you like, of course. But the people are excited about having a ruler like you in place. They would do it right now if you were ready for it. Archie waved her off. He was tired from his journey back from the fiery forge and needed to clean up and change into clothes that would be fitting for a ruler of his stature. Looking down at himself, he realized he didn't have any. I've already had your best people working on your wardrobe, Walda said, correctly anticipating his concern. You'll find the perfect set of clothes waiting for you in your royal chambers. Royal chambers? The illagers had been busy in his absence. Archie had no doubt that Thord and even Walda had once had their own plans for those chambers. With them both put in their proper places, though, Archie felt no compunction about assuming those chambers for himself. Not that he would have in any case. High Block Keep was his. Everyone else inside it was his guest. They should accord him 
the respect of the rightful and undisputed owner, Archie told Walda. Her relief was palpable. She started to breathe regularly again, and even fanned herself with her hand. Excellent, she said. The one thing we haven't worked out for you is your title. We have some suggestions, but we thought your input would be the most vital. Right, my title. Archie had been too busy to put too much thought into the issue till now. She had a point, though. If he was to rule over the land, the people would need to call him something other than Archie the Illager. He had been called all sorts of unkind things over the years, including several including several painful zingers coined by Thord. He wasn't sure he could counter all those with a new title, but he was willing to entertain the possibility. What did you have in mind? he asked. Walda. King? she said uncertainly. Archie frowned and shook his head. I need a kingdom to be a king, don't I? And this has never been about the land as much as it's about our people. She grimaced. I suppose you're not going to like emperor then. Archie shrugged. Building an empire seems less likely than coming up with a kingdom. For now. The orb of dominance, at least, had plenty of ambition for them both. After everything it had done for him, Archie wasn't about to stand in its way. If he might someday rule an empire with the orb's help, then so be it. But still, he thought that declaring himself an emperor would be premature. You've never had a title for yourself, Walda? Archie told her. Why would you insist one for me? She raised her eyes and glanced about to indicate everything that surrounded him. Well, I never had a keep or an undead army or an orb of incalculable power to call my own either. I think those things are the things that separate us. He chuckled at her discomfort, and that spurred her to speak again. She looked down at Archie with power-hungry eyes. You're going to be able to do things that I could never have dreamed of. And you're going to bring the Illagers to a greater glories than we have than we could have ever imagined on our own. A conqueror like you deserves a crown and title to go with it. Archie pondered that for a moment, savoring her flattery, and then nodded. All right, what else do you have? Walda put up her hand and counted off the various titles as she ran through them. Monarch? Majesty? Overlord? Prince? Never mind, that's less than a king. Sovereign? Commander? Governor? Sultan? Potentate? She was clearly running low on ideas. She sighed at him as her shoulders sank. None of those are working for you? At all? Archie shook his head. It should be something unique. Something powerful. Something to strike awe in all who hear it. Walda sucked at her teeth, acknowledging how tall that order was for her. She was a ruler, not a writer. I'll see what we can come up with. We have until tonight. A wide, relieved smile broke out on Walda's face. So you're up for holding the coronation then? The sooner the better, Archie said. After all, we don't have any time to waste. 
Why is that? Walda said, uncertain once more. Archie chuckled at her lack of vision. We have land to conquer. It will only wait for us so long. Well, that is the end of chapter 22. And that was a pretty crazy chapter. So Archie, one, made a redstone monstrosity, which in my mind looks ginormous and creepy. And now they are holding a coronation for Archie. And then Archie's gonna conquer the land. A lot of stuff happening in this chapter. And I hope to find out what's going to happen next in, the, in chapter 23. But until then, I'm your host, Asher. And this is the Ashcraft Minecraft Podcast. Peace!